my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host, as you know. And today we're going to have a very interesting conversation that started off for me about three weeks ago, Darlene. About about three weeks ago, we started this conversation. But prior to that would have been last year when I said yes to Enrique Rubio to moderate a panel discussion for his global HR conference on Hacking HR. And this time I was paired up with these three amazing women and Darlene and I um, said, okay, we're going to, I said to all three of them at the end of it, listen, we have to continue this conversation as a group. We have to have a part two, but I said, we also have to have each of you come on individually and have this conversation on my podcast show. And they were like, sure. And you know, once you tell me, yes, I'm just going to go for it. So joining me today is Darlene Slaughter. Darlene, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am good. Thank you for having me this this afternoon, this rainy afternoon. It's yes. um, exciting. I'm excited to to do this with you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm ex- you're welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So, as I said, for us, this conversation has been start, has started a, a little while back, as we talked about how do we move from insight to action where DEI is concerned, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we, um, as we got together. At, as a panel, that would be um, you, Darlene, Stacy, Stephanie, and I. Um, having this conversation was an amazing conversation um, that the four of us had together prior to as we were preparing for the panel discussion, during the panel discussion. And then we kind of got flipped on our heels because the audience had so many questions. Yeah. We ended up just answering their questions and not yeah. sticking to the script that we had, yeah. but it was great. Um, and so I wanted to continue this conversation here on my podcast show. I'm so glad that you were able to um, join me and be the first to join me in having this conversation. Um, I want to just get some context. So tell us who is Darlene Slaughter and and what is your career and how did you get here? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I know, I know. I I like them loaded. I, I, and let me just go back a little bit and say on the conference, the, the questions mm-hmm. that people asked were the best questions. I mean, oh, they, yes. They were extremely um, thoughtful and, and just big questions. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have arrived to this place, um, you know, been at the work for a long time. And I've just, you know, I've all, I always wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a school teacher. And, um, you know, went to school to be a school teacher and, and didn't actually teach, but felt like I needed to teach in organizations where I landed. Mm-hmm. And so my, my, I felt like I would, would honor my mother paying for my college degree. 
um, by continuing to teach whatever job I had, I was a teacher. Yes. And, and so I got into the, the HR space um, and I really felt like I could be a voice for others in the organization, but I never considered myself a diversity practitioner okay. until someone said, I think you should be a chief diversity officer. Hmm. And, and I thought, okay, I, I could do that, but I didn't think of that for myself. And once I got into the role, I realized I've been doing this all along. <laughs> I, this, is just, this is just what I do. Mm-hmm. So I was the chief diversity officer at Fannie Mae, which is in Washington, DC, and yes. it's all about housing. Mm-hmm. Um, I then moved to be the chief diversity officer at United Way Worldwide, which is in the United States, the largest nonprofit. Um, and now I am the chief diversity officer at the March of Dimes, which we focus on the health of moms and babies um, and, oh, wow. and to make sure that moms and babies are um, having healthy experiences and healthy outcomes. And in the United States, interesting enough, um, it's one of the worst developed countries to have a baby. And especially for really? Black women, mm-hmm. especially for Black women, Black women um, don't survive childbirth or the child doesn't make it through to the first year, probably three to five times the rate of all women, all women. So, so I, I, I've been fortunate enough to land in positions that are very mission oriented mm-hmm. um, and that are, you know, that, that have very, um, have missions that are already baked in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, right? Yeah. So, so it's like what you do and where you do it kind of match up. It's like the perfect, I, I won't say it's the perfect storm, mm-hmm. but it's just the perfect marriage. How about yes. that? Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> that that yeah. makes sense. Thank you so yes. much yes. for um, sharing your story. Um, I got to ask you this. What does DEI mean to you? What does it mean to you? And when you're putting that message across to whoever you're interacting with, what is that message? You know, so, I mean, you can certainly go D for diversity, E for equity, I for inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think if I had to boil it down into, you know, a few words, it's really about how do you provide or how do you create a space and an environment so that people maintain their dignity and their respect? Mm. You know, that is at the end of the day, right? Any one of us, wherever we're coming from, whatever background, whatever religion, whatever racial, you know, um, ethnicity we are, Mm -hmm. or sexual orientation that we are, how how do I feel like I always have my dignity and that I am respected for who I am? Mm-hmm. That's the crux of it. You know, for me, it's like at the end of the day, if I'm intentional about that, um, people walk away feeling that I was valued, that I was heard, right. that I was a part of something bigger, mm-hmm. right? That So that's not the dictionary definition of it, but that's in right. my heart, that's mm-hmm. the definition of how I, I look at it. And and, and that each one of us um, has the power to provide dignity and respect for anyone that crosses our path, you mm-hmm. know, and that, you know, that shows up very differently. One way that may be because I just speak to you and I say hello to you, or one way it could be just because I move away from you, you yeah. know, it could be like, if, if that's not, if that doesn't sit well with me, or this person doesn't sit well with me, I don't need to engage in something 
that is toxic, I can move away from that person Mm -hmm. to allow that person that space. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to work on myself. So Mm -hmm. a lot of this work really is about the work you do on yourself versus the work that you're trying to make everybody else do. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that's why I asked you like what it means to you, because I know there's a textbook definition but based on you know your experience what you've gone through what you've lived through it means something different to everyone so that's why I asked you what it meant meant for you and you know we've gone through some very serious um very difficult times um you know we're living in a very volatile world uh where there's a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity and I know at the start of last year, we, you know, we've been going through lots of different movements, uh, but the Black Lives Matter movement um, did something to us as Black people, did something to us as Black people. And while um, organizations sought to either address or not address the issue, um, as diversity, equity, and inclusion people in the space, it did something to each and every person that I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. And so what did Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement do for to you and for you? Wow, that's a great <laughs> question. I think, um, you know, what, what it did, uh, for me, right? So let, let me go with what it did for me because people people during this time, you know, people would say it's probably very difficult being um, a diversity officer at this mm-hmm. particular point in time. And, and I said, actually, it's not. It's actually easier now because what Black Lives Matter did for me is it brought to light the conversation that we've been having for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it allowed people to see what we were talking about. Part of it was because we were all in um, lockdown. We had nowhere to go. We're in a pandemic. We had nowhere to go. And it was front and center. Mm -hmm. And, and what it did, um, what it did was it brought hope back to what it feels like to be an American and a black American and a black person, right? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just, it wasn't just black people saying, see this, see this, see what's happening to us. It was everybody now saying yeah. something is wrong and this has to stop. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it brought voice um, to people who had a privilege of not having to hear the voice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So now what it's done is it, it is, kind of making you have all these conversations with people yes. because people really want to sit down and and go through um, what is actually happening in the world. You know, what's mm-hmm. happening in the world? What are we, what are we doing? And how did we get here? So for me, being the person who wanted to be a school teacher, it has put me in the school teacher position mm-hmm. almost every day. I mean, yes. I've always been there, but now it's really, how do I help you through a lens of dignity and respect to learn something that you have been blind to or that you 
have been able to be shielded from Mm -hmm. because you didn't have to pay attention to it. And now you do. And so there's a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. So how do I bring people to the table in that fear, but making sure that they feel heard and respected and not judged because they don't know and to bring them forward. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's done, you know, it's done a lot for just me personally and what I love to do, but Mm -hmm. also for our communities across the world. Mm-hmm. you know, across the world. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do because, um, you know, it's just like every day is something. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's actually the Black Lives Matter movement have, has cracked open the the space to begin to talk about race and racism mm-hmm. and uh, sexism and, you know, all these isms. It's, it's allowed us to be, begin to step back and say, hmm, we need to, we need to be better at this. Yeah. We need to be better at this. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. So tell me now, what did it do to you? Um, yeah. <laughs> what did it do to me? I've been, I've been around for a long time, yeah. you know, um, and I, you know, what, what it, what it did to me is it, it actually, it awakens an advocacy piece within you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it awakens again, the voice within you. Um, but it also, it, what is done to me is, you know, it, it's sad a little bit in the sense of we're still fighting the fight. Yeah. You know, the fight is not new, right? Mm-hmm. The fight mm-hmm. is not new. Um, but, but what it, what it's done to me is the value that, what what I know, the wisdom that I've gained over the years of the work that I've done and how I have to continue to reach down and pull people up. Yes. You know, that it becomes so important. I mean, I, I say yes, you know, I, I'm like you, I say yes to lots of different things because I think it it's we all can do something. Yes. Um, and then figuring out what that something is. And for me, that something is giving my voice to those that say, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Whatever way that is. Right. So you mm-hmm. said, hey, you want to do a podcast? Like, well, sure. This is kind of cool. But it also, <laughs> it, you know, it helps it helps you. Right. Yes. It, so so in, in my way, what Black Lives Matter has done um, to me is that. Every, you know, when someone who is trying to make a difference in the world says, can you help me? Then I can't say no to that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my whole advocacy, you know, and I've been through a lot over the last couple of months, right. Yeah. So um, it's just, it, the whole advocacy piece is just so important. It's mm-hmm. just so important. That is so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, for a lot of people, it, has evoked feelings emotions um and i'm sure that that's the case for you but to move you to want to help people um and to advocate for the movement is is truly um admirable honorable inspirational and and i thank you for your contribution to that so we were continuing this conversation about moving from insight to action and you said it very well before a lot of times you're having this conversation with people about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But mm-hmm. I think that people have learned enough, heard enough 
to be able to move to action. That's just my personal belief. Everywhere I turn for the last year and some, there's mm -hmm. been some webinar on diversity, equity, mm -hmm. inclusion. There's mm -hmm. been some talk, there's been some LinkedIn Live, there's been some conference, there's been something that has talked about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But we wanna get beyond the talk and we wanna now start moving to action. Um, I think that people see that, you know, that's the action is what counts. So how do we move people from educating, being educated to actionable insights? So first, let me, I'm, I'm going to say this. So first, let's not think that the conversation is not action. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people haven't had a conversation about for a long, 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 long time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we get to, we live in a bubble. We live mm -hmm. in whatever bubbles we live in. And so I, I am not a, I, I, I am a big believer that when someone says to me in the workplace, I've been at this organization for 20 years and I have never, I've never had a conversation about race and racism mm -hmm. in the workplace, right? The fact that I got you from never having that to having that, yeah. that's huge action. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, Mm -hmm. that, you know, on, on that pendulum that will go from one end to the other. The, yes. the, so, so I take, you know, I, I am very comfortable in the incremental things that happen. Now, mm -hmm. what I also know is that we're at different levels. So some people, the conversation, just getting people to the conversation mm -hmm. is one thing. But from those conversations, I've also had people say, I went home because of the conversation I had at work. I went home and I had this conversation with my family or I had this conversation with my teenagers. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things for action, what I tell people is pay attention to what you haven't paid attention to before. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the grocery store, see who's being talked to and who's not being talked to, see what tone is being used, see who's being dismissed, see who's being waited on happily and, you know, and all of those, because those things, once I bring it into, into here, into your mind, then you have to decide what role will you play and what role have you played, right? So what is the conversation you're having or not having that you have just been on autopilot that now you have to check yourself? Because the minute that I begin to change you, then the change starts to happen around you, right? So that so so we we sometimes take this like we have to change the world, and the world changing the world becomes overwhelming, mm -hmm. right? And I get to the place, well, there's nothing I can do, so I'm just not going to do anything. But if I say, but what can you do differently? And yeah. if you have power, because a lot of this is conversation around privilege and power. Mm -hmm. If you have power, how are you leveraging your power? But for some, for the good of someone else. Yeah. And, and mm. so, you know, what does that look like? And then you get to decide what that looks like. And if I can get those little snippets of actions to happen from a personal level, mm -hmm. then the voice swells up into organizations and the people start to say, we have to do things differently. Mm -hmm. We have to create systems differently. We have to create 
an environment where it's safe, where people feel like they belong. And that's how I, I look at it, right? Yeah. Um, because my title is chief diversity officer. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the only one that is responsible for it, when I leave, so does the work. Right. So my role is really to like, how do I infuse this belief into people while I'm there? So in the event that I'm not there, it doesn't die on the vine. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that so, so my, my insights to action is really like, how do I create the insights in the individual yeah. so that yeah. the individuals come together to create an action that wasn't there before? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's how I think of it, because it's just too big. I mean, yeah. and, and that's why people are like, why are we still doing this? We've been doing this for 10 years. Why aren't we over this yet? And that's because you're never going to be over it. Yeah, you're just not because we're people. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, and we're never going to get you know, we're, we're going to make strides. Certainly we're going to make strides, but we're also going to move backwards. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the hate that's happening against Asians in this, in this country. Yeah. Right. We, now all of a sudden we like, well, we thought we had arrived. There's like, no, you haven't arrived. You just, you have a different group of people, mm-hmm. but the, what's happening to them. Oppression is oppression is oppression is oppression. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what age you are. People are being oppressed discriminated against and hate and have hate against them. It's the same. And now what we have to do is to get those insights to say, I'm a black woman, you're a Latino woman, you're an Asian woman, you're a Barbados woman, you're this kind of woman. But at the end of the day, we're all women. Yes. And we all have a perspective and we all have to do this together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have to do it together. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a, a another part of what this pandemic has done. It's like when you're sitting in your house and you're looking at your TV and you're trying to figure out where you're going to go in your neighborhood and you realize this is happening to the world. Yes. Like we are all in this together. together. This, this is not a, you know, your little, you know, yep. Calder sack is, is going through a problem. Mm-hmm. This is a world problem. And so is everything else that we're dealing with. It's a world problem. It's Absolutely. not one group of people's problem, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's where we have to see the value in what's going on with, with, with what's happening now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so Lots of stuff, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that this is a subject that we could be talking about forever. Yeah. Um, because it's just been, it's the same thing um, all through history. And so, you know, you've had it all through time. Um, you, th- this has always been an issue. So I think that it's something that we will continue to talk about. We will continue to have dialogue on it. I also believe that as generations, different generations start to enter the workforce, the, the dialogue may be a little different, but it's still going to be about the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your insights yeah. on, on that. Uh, I, I lead with this. For the persons who are not who are in spaces where they don't have a diversity, equity, inclusion um, person on their staff, in their staff complement from an HR perspective, um, mm-hmm. how can they um, charge forward with this um, conversation and make sure that it does happen and make sure that leadership is held accountable to respond to the work, the people in the workforce about the issues that are happening today? 
Yeah, I think, well, I think the first thing is you have to, um, you have to find allies in mm -hmm. the organization, right? You have to find those like-minded people in the organization because, it, it, you know, it could be just you, right? And then you're like, we need to do this. We need to do this. And all of a sudden that voice kind of like, okay, we're not doing this. Let's stop. Let's stop. Yeah. Or, you know, we're not, th this is not our, what we want to focus on. And I think you have to find like, th there are, there's you always more than one. Right? There's always, always more than one. Mm -hmm. Always more than one. And you have to find the allies that are at different levels, right? So you can find that leader that kind of is thinking the same thing you you're thinking. Sometimes it is the HR person, sometimes it's not, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it might be the learning and development person. Sometimes it, you know, it could be a senior executive who's sort of thinking that way. Um, and then you 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 again figure out you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, what's our strategy, mm -hmm. right? And what is it we're trying to do? And how do we need to do this? And who's the audience that we're talking to, mm -hmm. right? So you, you have to take into consideration, what do you think would spark someone wanting to engage in that? So it could be, you know, like we want to do a book club and let's start a book club and let's pick books that are focused on, working and culture and working within a culture and creating better cultures, or let's pick a book that talks about talent and how we develop our talent, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to sort of know, like what's missing. I always tell people to kind of go after what's missing in the organization yes. and, fill, and fill the gap mm -hmm. um, because the things that are missing are, are missing because nobody's thought about them. Yeah. But once they kind of say, yeah, that, that's really good. So the the, the lunchtime conversation, the book club conversation blossoms, mm -hmm. right? So, so you start, you build that urgency and you build that groundswell, you know, and, and you move up in the organization and you then find those allies that can move down in the organization and you sort of meet in the middle, mm -hmm. right? I think, I think if we, if we get to a place where, and I know, you know, everybody doesn't have a diversity officer um, and where people just throw their hands up, mm -hmm. then, then you kind of lost the game. But yeah. I said, you know, stay the course, mm -hmm. stay the course because one person can make a huge difference. difference. Absolutely. One person can make a huge difference in mm -hmm. an organization. Um, and then sometimes it's just like, you know, I was thinking, you know, we have all these podcasts and all these webinars and we have all these companies that we are, are related to or supporting mm -hmm. or they support us. This is what they're doing over there. Mm -hmm. And we should bring maybe a guest speaker in to talk to us about what we're doing yeah. and how we can partner. So there are lots of different ways to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, I think the I think the hardest part is people wanting it done quickly. Yes. And that sometimes is, is harder, right? So, yeah. so you take the two steps forward and the one step back or the mm -hmm. one step forward and the three steps back. Mm -hmm. That is what's hard for people. But, um, you know, organizations like nobody wants to be on an, on a, pardon the pun, but nobody wants to be on an island all by themselves, no, right? No. Nobody wants to be like, hey, you've got 10 companies that are here and we're the only ones not doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, all the 10 companies, because here's the other thing. At the end of the day, if you don't want to do this for any other reason, think about the bottom line. 
So if I've got employees who are working for me and I'm not doing this, but nine other companies are out there who are, the likelihood that they may get my talent is huge. Yes. It's huge. So the likelihood that a client may not come to me um, because I don't support these things is huge. So the question then becomes, how much money are you leaving on the table? Table. Mm -hmm. Because you choose, because you've chosen not to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's a choice. So if there is a cost to doing it, there's Mm -hmm. a cost to not doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, and those are the conversations you have to have with people. And, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to try to change your heart. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but if you're making X number of dollars, you could be making three times that much if you think about diversity. And, And here's the example. Remember Black Panther, the movie? Yes. Most, most of us know that, you know, there are, pe- there are actors who are in movies, but never see that Black actor make it to the end of the movie or people have this yes. assumption that Black people don't pay to go to movies. And I don't know where that came from. Um, uh, you know, and then you have a Black Panther that blows it out the water, you know, that blows it out the water. And it was like, so how many years have you left money on the table mm-hmm. because of who's not in the chain of command and in the leadership positions and mm-hmm. whose voices are not heard mm-hmm. right so that's where you have to get people to yes um, you know and and so people will say you know we have a team of people and we're working and we're making money we're doing well and it's like yeah but you could be doing better mm-hmm. you could you could have a whole new audience of people who buy your products Yep. who weren't there before, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's the conversation for organizations that, you know, are not wanting to do this. That's where you go to the action piece. And yes. from there, you start to create a culture and an environment that supports that. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that, Darlene. And as yeah. I said, I know this yeah. is something we could talk about all day, yeah. every day. Yeah. Tell us what you're reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would benefit from. Uh, Well, well, I will tell you. So I'll tell you on a personal side, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that that I lost my my partner, you know, Mm -hmm. to COVID. um, Thank you. Thank you. And so my my mind has been very distracted, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very very distracted. I, I know I, my attention span is not long, um, not very long. I've gotten very much into doing, uh, journals around gratefulness and, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I grateful for? Right. Cause this, this is a path you have to go through, you know? And, and so I'm, you know, people have said, you should watch this on TV and Bridgington or one of those things. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, uh, no, I, I literally, I mean, all these people were telling me I have to watch this and I turn it on and I'm like, okay, no, I don't, I can't, no, this is not going to work. So that, so I haven't binged on that at all. I probably right. watched maybe 15 minutes of it and said, okay, enough of that. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a very much a national geographic. Yes. Person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, give me the animals. And yes. let me see the animals and let me see what's happening nature, in nature. Exactly. And let me see what's happening in nature. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, you know, I, I'm also um, a news junkie, but not as much as I was because the COVID is, yeah. everything is COVID. So that, mm-hmm. that kind of takes you down 
a path. But you know, I I will I will say um, um, I don't have a specific book that I'm reading right now that I would say mm-hmm. you know to watch. But I do you know pay attention to the nature. You know what's happening in our world, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know when we look at um, where we are and where we'll be. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and pay attention to animals, right? Because animals mm-hmm. kind of have that sense of, yeah, it's not right. Things are not right in exactly, the world. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. And I think this pandemic is also helping that a little mm-hmm. bit because we're not in the world. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, but like I said, the biggest thing I probably have right now is, uh, is my gratefulness um journals but I do I do have a book that I bought and I and, I'm ah. looking at it. and I haven't started it yet um but it's called the book of joy right ah. it's okay. called the book of joy and it is a conversation lasting happiness in a changing world the book okay. of joy and it's um written with the Dalai Lama and mm. Desmond Tutu mm. And so I bought this and I said, that's, this is like the thing, this is my thing, right? right. Now, interesting enough, I bought this early on. Um, and now that I'm in, you know, um, going through, you know, the death of someone that's close, it's like the, the thing that gets you to the other side, I think is understanding what joy is, Yes. you know, what, what joy is. And so mm-hmm. I thought when I saw this, it was kind of like, I, this might, yeah, I need to pull this off the bookshelf. Nice. So if I have to say I'm reading anything, it's this it one. This, this will be my new project. This will okay. be my new project. Yeah, got this you. Will be my new project. Okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah. look forward to your feedback <laughs> on that in a separate conversation. Yeah. So here's the big question that I ask. Um, okay. What is the one misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on today, right here, right now? That one thing that people say about our profession that you know isn't right, really bothers you, you just want to lay it bare right now. You you know, I think the the one thing, I mean, there are probably a couple of things, but, but I think we are. That, yeah, yeah, I think the one thing, um, that people don't understand that HR really understands the business, mm-hmm. right? That, that we're the people people, you know, that we're, we're all, we, all we are, we, we deal with people in the organization, but, you know, we get caught after an issue is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not to sit, not many, many times, and that's changing very much, but many times we, we would be called after the fact or decisions would be made that we were not, a part of that decision making. And I think people are really understanding that HR is very Mm -hmm. business-minded, very business-minded in a sense of knowing um, because we've we've seen the decisions that have been made that don't work well, Mm -hmm. we've seen the impact that it's had on the talent inside of the organization. We know where to go get talent and how to talk to talent and how to think through talent. Mm-hmm. And we are change agents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the misconception is that HR was this down the hall. Yeah. Um, and then we'll come to you after the fact is, is so not what it should be. We should no. have HR at the table in the moment, right? I yes. can't tell you the number 
the number of conversations where you're sitting there and you're hearing business leaders talk about stuff and you know instinctively, oh, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. That is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It was like, let me let me tell you, that's not going to work. I remember it was so it was so interesting. It was a long time ago, and one of the senior leaders wanted to do something, and it was not going to work. And he was just very gung ho about what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And well, here's how I got him to understand it. So I said, okay, I'm going to role play with you. And I said, if you came to me as an employee and you talk to me about what you're talking about now, I would tell you, thank you, but no thank you. And I would go find another job. And he was like, what are you talking about? Wouldn't you appreciate this? And I said, not at all. I would not appreciate it at all. And I said, so what you're doing is you're minimizing something for an employee and you think that this little token of appreciation Mm -hmm. is meaningful, but that is, it's going to take that person so long to get that versus the other person sitting over here where you gave a lot to, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get it soon after that. And so he, it was, it was like, how do you use yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, to make people see what is for the organization. And yeah. that has a lot of power. That mm-hmm. has a lot of power. And so, you know, people mistake HR as not understanding the business, not exactly. knowing where the business needs to go, not, not, not being able to see future, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to see future. And HR actually manages, we manage a lot of people off the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yes. <laughs> you know, so, oh yes. We, we we do a lot that we don't get credit for. Definitely but, not. Know, but um, we do it because we know it's necessary. I mean, we had to um, terminate. Uh, you know, in the job, you have to terminate people. And I said to the senior leader, "I I will take care of it." And the senior leader said, "You could do that." And I said, "Yes, I will take care of it. Just you." This is what I need you to say when that person comes to you. Now you commit to that and I'll take care of the rest of it. Because the what I do is through that lens of dignity and respect, that there is a way that you exit people from an organization that, that is just as important as you bring them into the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I said. Those are there, there are so many things that people think that we don't do that we are that we actually are the owners of exactly that organization mm-hmm. yeah I, I could not agree with you more and I thank you for setting the record straight on that because you know I think a lot of people are very confused by that but we definitely are that cornerstone in the organization that without everything would just topple over so I'm so glad that you um you put that out there and with that being said you survived your time today um to have this discussion with me so I thank you so much can you tell these beautiful people listening to this episode where they can find you on social media darling because they need to connect with you so I am on twitter um my twitter handle is slaughter at slaughter dr I'm also on linkedin so okay. if you go to my LinkedIn page, just Darlene Slaughter mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, um, you can find me there. I very much, and, and I love, love, love students, right? So if you're a student, if yes. you're a student, 
you know, I get a lot of students. Uh, the last call we had, uh, it was so funny because I got so many emails and when we talked about you have to find a posse. Mm-hmm. So if you're in HR or if you're in, if you work in an organization, you have to find those like-minded people yes. where you can have that conversation and people are like, how do I get a posse? How do I start this? And, mm-hmm. you know, so I got a few emails and, it, it, you know, messages on LinkedIn and, yes. and on Twitter, like, how do I start this? How do I do this? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I try to stay very in tune. So if you say, Hey, I listened to you on a podcast and can you help me? You know, that's, that's, what I do. And, yes. and I think um, here, here's, here's my position. I've been working for a long time. I've been working for a long time. And if I'm not looking at those that are trying to move up, not, you know, like I tell people, I said, I'm on the other side of that ladder. I'm not necessarily climbing that ladder, mm-hmm. but if I'm not reaching down and bringing pulling people someone. up mm-hmm. and pulling people up and pushing yes. people up and putting people out in front, to be on the stages that they need to be in and they know that they've got a safety net or a support <laughs> system. If I'm not doing that, yeah. then what am I, what am I doing? Exactly. You know, what am I doing? So that's where my, Making my good heart, use of your seat at the table. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's where my heart is now. Wonderful. Is supporting um, those that really need to have a support system awesome. um, in the workplace. Yeah. And you are doing a great job at it, Darlene. And I'm so honored to be a part of your, your to be a part of your circle now. Thank um, you. Yes. yes. <laughs> and to have you in my posse, I really appreciate it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so thank yes. you so much for your time, your energy, your yes. efforts, your advice, your insights today. Um, and I know that the audience really appreciated it. And I'm sure that they'll be reaching out to you soon. So thank yes. you. Thank you for the invitation and and kudos to you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.